ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Hi, I'm Sam Hawley, coming to you from Gadigal land. This is ABC News Daily. It's part of the biggest road project ever built in Australia. But when the complex maze of tunnels and roads opened in Sydney last month, it became apparent there was a major design flaw causing traffic chaos. So how did planners get it so wrong? And why in Australia do we rely so heavily on motorways? Today, transport planner from the University of Technology, Sydney, Michelle Zybots, on the political decisions keeping us off public transport and in traffic jams. Michelle, for people living in Sydney, it's been hard to miss the talk of the traffic chaos since the opening of what's known as the Roselle Interchange in the city's inner west. It has been a lot of unhappy drivers on the road this week. It was meant to help ease some of Sydney's growing pains and improve traffic flow from the city's sprawling west. But in its first week of operations, the Roselle Interchange has only added to the frustrations of many motorists. Chaos is probably an understatement, right? Yes, the traffic congestion has been very severe and I think it's taken a lot of people by surprise. Mm. It's taken me 40 minutes to get out of Balmain just to get to the Anzac Bridge. It is a disaster. It's dysfunctional. Living here my whole life, I've never seen anything like it, ever. The Roselle interchange was meant to be something that would solve a lot of problems, but instead what has happened is that it's created far more traffic congestion and more traffic chaos, as people are saying, than what the network was experienced prior to its opening. Yeah, so it's actually made things worse. Even the actor, Rebel Wilson, shared her frustration on Instagram. She said, thanks for making a 15-minute trip into the city, 90 minutes. So things are actually worse than they were before it opened. (laughs) Yes, well, I think what she's experiencing is the changes to the lane configurations where we're seeing traffic funnelled into areas where people and drivers haven't been familiar with. There are now more cars competing to use the same existing lanes and what used to be seven lanes turning into four has now become ten lanes turning into four. And transport At first, officials and the local mayor, Darcy Byrne, were saying it was all motorist confusion. It was just people, you know, getting used to the new conditions and it would all settle down. And so this is fairly predictable. Um, It's not a surprise to me that it's been chaotic at the start. And uh, these are exactly the challenges that we articulated over the last decade when West... But actually, it's become, Michelle, apparent, hasn't it, that it's a failure in planning. And while the road itself is, of course, of little consequence to most of us, most Australians, that a major project of this nature could go so wrong is concerning, right? It is. What we need to see the Roselle... Uh, interchange as it's the culmination of a series of of cycles and and some people might say stuff ups mm. where what's happened is that a motorway section is built it generates more traffic or induced traffic growth as it's called and then that shifts the bottleneck from one point or the traffic jam and the the gridlock from one point in the network to another but each time we do that the traffic becomes worse, the gridlock becomes more extensive 
in its scale. What it does in that process is it sets up the conditions for the construction of the next section of motorways. We'll probably hear at some point that the Roselle Interchange was never meant to be a solution to traffic congestion. It's there to facilitate the, the construction of further motorways, which includes another tunnel under the Sydney Harbour and then a motorway out to the northern beaches. So it's a cycle that just keeps on continuing and it's been going through various iterations along those lines for the last 30 years. This project, Michelle in its entirety, is known as West Connects. West Connects is the highest priority project for New South Wales. 33 kilometres of motorways will transform Sydney's traffic congestion. Just to give me more of a sense of a scale of this, this road project cost somewhere in the vicinity of $20 billion. How does this spaghetti junction compared to other road systems around the world? It's difficult to answer that question without also talking about the public transport networks that run parallel to road networks. Mm -hmm. How do we compare? Well, certainly in decades gone by, a lot of people were making comparisons with the way in which Sydney was developing with Los Angeles. This is the city that tore up the tram tracks to build freeways, a city now as well known for its traffic and freeways as the Disneyland and Hollywood. And maybe not so much today, but in the past, Los Angeles was renowned for its extraordinary traffic jams. It was a city where it removed a lot of its public transport and it built a lot of motorways. And I can remember the former Premier Bob Carr saying, we don't want to end up like Los Angeles. But WestConnex, I think, is, is pushing us more towards that kind of future, which is unfortunate. And I don't think it's the future that the vast majority of people want. Mm, all right. Well, Michelle, let's look then at the failings here more broadly because you think they warrant a royal commission. So what would a royal commission look at? So the, the history and the development of WestConnex has, yes, it's got a political element to it. Yes, it's got some very complex relationships between government and the private sector. And yes, it also has the, the material outcomes from building more motorways in areas that probably were unsuited to that form of transport development and really needed to have better public transport built instead. A Royal Commission would have the potential to look at all of that. Mm. And Michelle, you think there's a cycle of costly roads being built and that's not improving but worsening congestion and that's not just a problem, of course, in Sydney. That would be a problem everywhere around the country. So just explain what you mean by that and why more roads worsen congestion and don't improve it. Well, many people have probably heard the term induced traffic growth. And I'm an induced traffic growth expert. And one of the things that I did in order to earn that title was to go and look in great detail at the before and after traffic volumes when a section of the M4 motorway from Mays Hill to Prospect was opened back in 1992. Mm, that's in Sydney. Yes, in, in Sydney. And what I was able to show was that overall there were 11,000 additional trips being made 
at a key point on that motorway within about three months of the motorway opening. What we also found at that time was that there were people coming off the parallel Western Sydney rail line. And this adds a, a, another dimension to it all. What we find is that most people are making choices about which mode of transport they're going to take based on whichever option is quicker. So it sounds like the more motorways that we build at great expense means the more reliant on cars we become. And we really do love the car in Australia, don't we, Michelle? It's quite stark when you go into a European city how different it is here than it, it is overseas in some areas. Well, I don't think that Australians love their cars. I think that what's happened is that Australian governments have loved building roads. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, people can only use the networks that are provided to them by the governments that are in power. And if a government chooses to go and build extensive motorways, then we get the induced traffic growth. Indeed, if we build motorways in European cities, we get induced traffic growth there as well. But... In European cities, more choices have been made to provide comprehensive public transport networks that are operating at high levels of service, at high frequencies. And that's why, in many cases, there is more. there are more people using public transport. Let's not blame the average motorist or the average person in the street. When we look at transport policy and who it is that decides to build things, and this is why we need a Royal Commission, when we see who it is that decides to build things and what their reasons were for doing it, then we begin to understand why it is that we end up in the pickle that we're in now. And it's a very big pickle indeed. It sure is. All right. So urgent action is being taken in the case of the Spaghetti Junction in Sydney. Many motorists will welcome that, of course. But what are the big takeaways from that? It looks like it's a pretty good lesson in what not to do. Well, the big question that we all need to ask ourselves now is, what is the impact on our economy generally? Mm -hmm. Because what we also need to take on board is that the conditions in New South Wales and the emerging conditions across the country are now different to what they ever have been before. And that is that we have state governments now that are carrying very large debts. There's been some discussion about the possibility of the New South Wales government subsidising tolls, especially uh, to help low-income households. Is feeding state money, that is our taxes, into the private tollway sector, is that really a good use of our money? I don't think we should. I think we need to see more metros that are going to improve the operations of our existing road network. But the other big fear that I have is that when you start overspending on road infrastructure in the way that we have with the Roselle Interchange, what you're generally doing is you are making your input costs to production generally in your city, you are making them higher and you are making your city less competitive as a location point for industries. 
it means that everything is more expensive when transport costs more. It's not just the congestion, it's the cost of the energy or the fuel, it's the cost of the roads, it's the cost of the construction um, and operation of those roads. And I don't think that's where we want to be in the near future. Mm, so your message is less roads, more public transport. It is that, but it needs to be clever public transport. We need to make sure that there's a very efficient operations of our public transport. In relation to the Roselle Interchange, we need to see public transport along the key routes that are weaving through that area. We need to make sure that the outfall from the Roselle Interchange doesn't negatively impact on bus routes and other public transport within that area. That's a principle that I think can be applied to any Australian city and every Australian city. Dr Michelle Zybots is a senior lecturer at the School of Civil and Environmental Engineering at the University of Technology, Sydney. This episode was produced by Lara Corrigan, Bridget Fitzgerald, Nell Whitehead, Anna John and Sam Dunn, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer is David Cody. I'm Sam Hawley. To get in touch with the team, please email us on ABC News Daily at abc.net.au. Thanks for listening.